0: There will be a security team meeting on Sunday, January 26th, immediately after the first service. Expectations for the new year and what is required to be on the security team will be discussed. If you are currently on the security team or would be interested in joining, please be sure to attend. Contact the team leader, Patrick David, at the information on the screen. pdavid at aikiddocowboy.com or 719-238-238. 3604 with any questions. Our annual men's rally will be Friday, February 7th, here in the church sanctuary. There will be pizza and snacks at 6:30, and the rally will begin at 7. Come out and join the men for a time of food, fellowship, and hear the miraculous testimony of our guest speaker Dave Reaver, who's an anointed evangelist and Vietnam War veteran. If you have any questions or need more information about any of these events, please email office at cabag.org. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions about Church at Briargate, check out our website, churchatbriargate.org, where you will find more information about upcoming events, our ministries, and life groups. And be sure to stay connected with us on social media. Have a great week.
1: My uh, throat's a little funny this morning. Not like ha-ha funny, but not good funny. So um, bear with me uh, through this. So uh, last week we we talked a little bit about um, who we are as a church, what direction we're trying to go, what we're trying to accomplish, some of those things. So these next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about missions. Um, we We talked about this in the board meeting <clears throat> a few different times, and and uh, th- this is this is what we're going to do for um, for these three weeks. We're we're going to do this instead of a uh, missions banquet and those kind of things. And there's there's a few different reasons. There's a lot of reasons. But uh, some of the main reasons we're trying to do this is we're we're understanding that a, a smaller demographic uh, comes to the to the banquets, and we want to make sure that everybody gets what we're trying to say here and what direction we're going. And we're also going to be talking about. Not this week, but uh, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about the finances, where we look financially for missions, what we're going to be trying to accomplish, and uh, some of the goals and some of the stuff. And so this whole series is to 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 motivate you, get you excited about missions, make you think about some things. But part of the reason with this is because this, is, this really is who we are as a church. It defines us in a great way as a church. We're a missions-giving church. We need to make sure that we... That we all know that and understand that, and that this is, that this is um, part of our vision for this year as we're jumping into this, and uh, to look at, at w- what missions is and why. And so these next three weeks, the, the title of the series is "How Beautiful," and I'm, I'm going to approach a few different things, maybe that you haven't processed <clears throat> uh, before in this. But, but to uh, Linda said this. I, I was I've, I've made a joke about it a few times. Since she said this, it was it was funny to me the way she said it. But it's really been processing in my in my head a a lot because as I it kind of helped me see something maybe or or focus on something a little bit more uh, importantly or intentionally or whatever. The I I did a funeral yesterday uh, for somebody that was uh, in our last church a a really good woman of God really served God greatly and was was just a strong backbone of the church and. For years and years, uh, just was always doing and, and, and engaging, and, and she, she did children's ministries in our church. She did a lot of things for years. And so I was thinking about this because the statement Linda made, this was last Sunday morning. She was, we were on the way to church, and, and um, she was part of the worship team last week, and she said, oh, we're singing that song. And she knows this is one of my favorite songs now, and the song is um, Another in the Fire, and, and I just love that song. I, I like that the, the, the message of it is so strong that obviously it's, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, and, and uh, Jesus shows up, right? And then it says another. he's another in the water. He's holding back the seas, that kind of thing. But when we were driving to church, what Linda said was, I love that song we're going to sing this morning, that, that one you like. She said, we're going to sing Third Man in the Fire. And I thought, Abednego? Because I mean, he shattered me. I can admit. I don't know that Bendigo's important. I don't know that he's important enough for us to write a song about him, or sing to him, or any of those kind of things. But I got—I really have been processing this, um, just because I think that was funny, and, and my wife says stuff like that all the time. But, but to really think about, it is not—it is not our only priority in life. Has got to be keeping our eyes on Jesus. We we. It's not about, there, there's, there's important relationships that we have. There's, there's great context for a lot of things going on in our world and our workplaces and all this stuff. Those are all important. They have, they have um, uh, validity in our life. But at the end of the day, if we do not keep our eyes on Jesus, we've, we've literally wasted our life we've taken an opportunity that God has given us called this life to serve him and to do the things that he's called us to do and even some of the stuff I was talking about last week about getting engaged doing something don't just be don't just be do something for the kingdom of God and use your gifts and your talents engage yourself into the kingdom of God and do it's it's that's what we're created for it's what it's why we breathe breath is because God is the one who is who is he made us, He designed us, all this stuff. And so, so in carrying me <clears throat> forward into this this morning, to the, the first thing that I want us to look at about how beautiful is actually not necessarily from our perspective, but I think that we will get that through this morning. But I think from God's perspective, how beautiful are His people? Just people. I, I was looking at some uh, pictures. I get pictures and, and video and stuff every week from our pastors in India. And and they really have been um, uh, spreading their wings and getting out into more communities and doing things. And even in the last month or so, month and a half, we've seen a lot of uh, of ministry taking place that we've been we've been wanting to see for a while. We've been we've been encouraging and all these things and and uh, and and just they're getting out and, and praying with people. And so they're sending me all these pictures of people and they're sitting in people's homes and and on the on the street in the market, all kinds of stuff. And and I and I I think about this every time when I see all of these different people. I think about this: how much does God love that person? I, I may never ever meet that person. I, I may never come in contact contact with them. It that's that's irrelevant. But how much does God love that person? And how much does God care about that person? And how how beautiful does God think that person is? This this is something that I think is is extremely important for us. When we talk about missions and we talk about who we are as a church and 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 who you're going to be as an individual and giving, our, our desire and our goal at Church of Briargate will always be the same when it comes to missions. We want every single person in Church of Briargate involved in missions, in giving in praying, in going. and praying and going. And going is, I'm going to talk about that some over these three weeks, what that looks like, G- going on short-term missions trips, being, being open to the Holy Spirit telling you to go, just, Go, um, you say. Well, I'm 50 years old. I, I don't think God has a, a age disqualification line to say, okay, I'm going to do something um, that, that we want to be. We want you to be a part of this. We 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 want you because we know how important it is for you to get engaged in missions. For you to for you to be a part of a soul around the other side of the planet somewhere that is that is coming to know who Jesus is. Being, being broke free from all of the stuff that Satan uses to try to control them, the, the spiritual things, fear, all, all kinds of, of uh, junk that, that Satan uses all over the planet, and that we can be a part of breaking down those strongholds, helping them see Jesus Christ and have the revelation that Jesus is Lord. We want every one of you to be involved in this, every single person at church at prayer gate, and, and to realize that missions, <clears throat> in the big sense, missions really is, from the heart of God, it's from the God's heartbeat is missions. God is God's heartbeat is for you to know Jesus as your Savior, and 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 that includes any other person on the planet. God's heart is for every single one of His kids to know Jesus as His Savior. And so, go with me to Genesis chapter one. I want to I want to break down a few things here. This is the the. Um, one of the the points of this the purpose the the goal of this morning is to really get us to see the importance the uniqueness of humanity that this that human beings didn 't just we didn 't evolve this is this is one of the reasons that I attack this stuff so regularly is is because the, these are these are lies that Satan has spread for certain specific reasons it 's not just casual it's not just coincidence Satan is playing humanity and he he does that every single second of every single day for thousands of years that's that's who he is he hates God and he wants to destroy anything that has to do with God but he can't touch God God's too big so he messes with the apple of God's eye which is humans this this is why evolution is such a big deal I know a lot of Christians are like well it doesn't matter we evolved we didn't evolve it doesn't matter it does matter because god created adam he made adam he fashioned adam we, we basically look like adam and eve okay I, I, they they probably were in better shape and and we know they had better hair and stuff like that but we were basically we basically look like adam and eve from the very beginning God didn't, and I I hear Christians say stuff like this. Well, God could have, you know, put a single cell out there and helped it evolve and done all this kind of stuff, okay? But if you say that, you don't believe what the Bible says. The Bible says that God specifically sat down and fashioned, created from the dust of the ground, a human being, a male called Adam, and he made him just like we are right now. He made him. Why is that so important? Because this is the center of everything. This is the purpose. Think about this. Why is there a planet? God had a, God had a, a, a blank canvas. And, and that's, that's an, uh, a, an, even an understatement the way I'm saying it. Because he, he even created the canvas. He creates everything. There's nothing there. And then God starts creating, and this is something that I think we miss sometimes. God starts creating this from the beginning for one major purpose. To put us in the middle of this thing so that we could worship, serve him, and marry his son Jesus Christ. That's the point of this. He didn't just, that didn't come later. It wasn't like an afterthought. Like, he, like he's saying, you know, I, need, I should make stuff. I think I'll make Planets. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you know what I could do? I could, I could put things on the planet. That, that's not how God works. That's not who he is. He's, he's very detailed. He's very specific. And from the very beginning, what he did, if, if, if you use the term reverse engineering, what he did is he said, I am going to create humans. That's the point. It wasn't, I want to create animals, I want to create planets, I want to create stars or solar systems. He said, I want to create humans. So they're going to need a place to be. So I'm going to create a planet. And all of the other stuff flows out of what he designed because of us, to put us at the very center of this thing. This is... This is why certain things like evolution are such a big deal. Abortion. I've asked this many times over the last 30 years. And, and I think that the, the I don't think we as Christians capture this as importantly enough. If if we believe, and, and I do believe this, although this isn't like specifically stated in scripture, I believe that that until a child gets the age of accountability, uh, if they die, they go to heaven. Okay? There is actually a theology called original sin that Catholics believe that, that they believe from the moment of birth, that baby, if that baby dies, it goes to hell. I don't believe that. That's why they baptize babies, which theologically has no bearing either. But that's the whole point of this. I believe that until a baby is, is a, can be accountable... That there, that, and I think it's actually probably younger than most people. Jewish people think it's twelve. I don't think it's way that by twelve I had already done a lot of things I knew was wrong, right? So, um, but but we believe that a baby is is with Jesus if it dies. So here's the question: Why would Satan be so adamant about abortion when all he is doing is handing these souls to God? Handing these souls. Think about this. Well, how does Satan win there? How does Satan win if every time a baby is killed in the womb, that baby is immediately with God, which which I believe? Okay. How does he win? This is how he wins. He begins over time, and over time, and over time, he can erode the understanding that we as human beings are the point and the purpose, that life is the point that the sanctity of life is the point, that you are vitally important to God and to the kingdom of God and to this planet and everything else, that you are a key ingredient. That's why abortion, evolution, all this stuff, it's all wound together. It's just different elements and angles of Satan attacking the very same thing over and over and over, and it's the, it's the very center of God's focus and his heart and everything, and that's you. That's the point. And he hates you. Why does he hate you? You, Really, in the big sense, you're irrelevant. Human beings, individuals. I, I really believe that Scripture shows us, in a few different ways, that Satan doesn't know your name. He doesn't. Because he doesn't care. But he knows God, and you look like him. And he hates that. You have his createdness within you. You have personality and all this stuff that is in the image of God and he hates that and so he wants to destroy it. And this, guys, this is why this is so important. This is why we believe in missions. Because there are people all over this world that look like God. They're his kids. He created them. He breathed his life into them and they don't even know him. They don't even know he's there. And this is why this is so important for us the first thing here is that God created us in his image. We always go back. I, I this is I love doing this. We're gonna go back to Genesis. This is the point. It, hey, hey, let me give you something that maybe you've never thought about <clears throat> when it comes to the creation and all this stuff. Because I I very much I, I do believe that evolution is an attack against God. It's it's not it's not just another option. It's science. Science gets disproven on this all the time. Evolution has no scientific basis to it whatsoever. Um, definitely uh, um, macroevolution, not microevolution. We understand. Okay, we understand that things adapt and change, but not across species. Right. So, so it's an attack against God because God made it, and Satan doesn't want to give Him any glory. So he says, "No, God didn't make it." And I, I am also of the of the mindset that. I believe in a literal seven-day creation. I think Scripture shows it. In fact, I think it's actually probably one of the easiest proven things in Scripture. Right? But God starts creating. Have you ever wondered? You know, He did not have to. He didn't have to do any of this. this. This is something I don't think we process sometimes. I think God was probably okay and comfortable in His own skin. I'm just going out on a limb here. I think God was probably okay with himself. He didn't need a bunch of people to make him angry. Have you ever thought about that? He didn't need a bunch of people. People have done nothing but mess up what God has. We are the problem. But he still made us. And this is another thing. He could have completely... When Adam and Eve sinned, he said, well, maybe maybe that didn't work. Let me start over. And he could have made something totally different. That was a lot more enjoyable. But this, this is the part I don't think we grab onto. He loves us so much. We are so beautiful to him. We are so beautiful. <clears throat> I heard this statement a few weeks ago. Somebody was, I, Somebody was telling somebody else this. And they said... You have a face that only a mother could love. (laughs) Have you ever met those people? (laughs) Some of you are looking around. This, This is the way I look at humanity. You're a human that only God could love. That's really in the big sense. You say, well, no, other people love me. Yeah, but that's because God gives us this thing called love inside of us from him. It's him. It's really him that that loves other people and gives us the ability to love other people. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them, and he explains how he creates Adam. He explains how he creates Eve. We we didn't evolve. You're made, you're specifically made, and you're important to the big picture. Psalms chapter 8, verse 4. What are mere mortals that we should think about them human beings that you should care for them that's a that's a great sentence. what are mere mortals God that you care? why why do you care about people? Most of them don't care about you. why do you care about people? Because we're the focus, we're the reason we're the, the it, it's all about us. This is why even some of the 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 animal tree hugging groups that th- this is why this drives me crazy too when we'll spend hundreds of millions of dollars trying to save a little frog you know I I I read this this last week this last year twenty nineteen um, Planned Parenthood broke all of their records in murdering babies they murdered more babies in twenty nineteen than any year previous. What a great record. You murder babies. What a great testimony of who you are. God loves every one of those children. And he not just because he made them, but he made them for a plan. Jeremiah says before you were born while you were still in the womb, I I made a plan for you. I set you apart to be a voice for me across the world. This hurts God when we do this stuff because we're important to him. You are important to him. That, you say, well, yeah, but I've done this. I mean, that's, that's why he sends Jesus, so that we can have his blood covering us, make us whole because he wants us close to him. He doesn't want us walking around condemned and feeling guilty and all these other things. He wants us close to him. He wants relationship with us. And so he, th- he has to send Jesus so Jesus can make it right. And he doesn't make it right by something we've done. He makes it right by something he is. That's the point of this. This is what missions is. You're important. And so he sends Jesus. If you're feeling guilty of something right now, know that Jesus' blood forgives. If you're, if you're feeling condemned by something, you know that Jesus' blood forgives. But this is the important thing. And this is why we pray, and this is why we, we give our hard-earned money to accomplish this is there are people all over the world that need this same forgiveness. They need it. They desperately need it. They need to be set free. They need forgiveness. They need grace. They need this stuff. And, and you and I are going to help them get it. You and I are going to do this. And, and, and we do. We give a lot of money. We give thousands of dollars every month to missionaries and missions across the planet. We do. We want you to be a part. It doesn't. The amount you give is not the, the key. It's, are you good in your heart with what God is telling you to do? That's the key. We want you to give. We want you to be a part, every single one of us. Continuing, he says, who are mere mortals? Who are you and I that God should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them a little lower than God and you crowned them with glory and honor. God's doing that. He did this for us. You gave them charge of everything, putting all things under their authority. This is important. This is this is one of the reasons that <clears throat> society society the Satan manipulated society puts animals above people. Because this sentence, these sentences say this. He says, God, you gave human beings charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. So when the reason that an anti God thinking, and I'm I'm talking not an individual, I'm talking the, the what what um, what um, Galatians, Corinthians, uh, Ephesians talks about that is the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist moving across our planet does what? It convinces us that that God cannot be an authority. Therefore, any authority He's given us cannot have authority. You understand that? You can't be an authority over anything God has given you authority over because then that says that God is the ultimate authority that decides who's in charge of what. And we can't have that. If God is ultimately in charge, then he can give anybody he wants authority. And the, and the, the spirit of Antichrist, the I don't like God group, says that can't be because first, we don't even want to acknowledge God is there. And it's not because God is there that they're promised. It's because he's in the charge. and He's the authority. He made the whole thing. It's his planet. It's not our planet. That's why it drives me crazy when human beings talk about how we're destroying the planet. You are not that big. That is arrogance. You are not that big. Start every suburban on the planet. You are not big enough to hurt this thing. God created this. He put filters in place. He did a lot of stuff. Because why? He knew we liked Suburbans. <laughs> that, that's it. I saw, I, w- I, was, I was driving down Powers the other day, <clears throat> and this um, Bentley Tudor goes by. Right behind it is an Audi R8. And uh, Linda, Linda was driving, I said, Linda, look at, look at that. She said, I think they're together. She told me later she meant they were dating. I was like, I don't think cars can date. She's not cars. <laughs> but that's all I could think. I didn't, it didn't dawn on me there were people in those cars. <laughs> that, was a, that was about a, a $280,000 car and about a $225,000 car. And both of them, very fast. Those people must hate our planet. Come on, guys. God's bigger than this. It's, you're, the, you're the focus of this thing. But, but Satan doesn't like that. And so he's going to put animals above. He's going to kill babies. He's going to say, we evolved. He's going to do all this stuff. And he's going to weave it all together. Why? To get your eyes off of the reality that Jesus created you to serve him. And he's God. He's God. He's in charge. And we submit to him. We can't, oh, we can't have that. Genesis chapter 9, verse 7, and he says, And I will require blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. There's a bunch of stuff going on here. Let me throw this out here just for you to process just a little bit. If you don't believe in capital punishment, you need to be careful because God did. You might want to process that. And I've heard people say, well, not after the cross. I don't know that you can get that out of Scripture. I wouldn't totally argue against it, but I'm definitely a pro-capital punishment guy. You take the life of one of God's kids, God's not okay with that. He does not like that. That is... And, I, and I'm talking murder. I'm not talking like, you know, self-defense or... or there, there's a bunch of categories I think the Bible proves to us is okay. But you just, you just flat out murder somebody? God's not okay with that. You, you took one of his kids off the planet. How dare you? And that's why, that's why when I talk about abortion, I use the terminology murdering babies. Because God's not okay with it. He's not. Why? Because you're important. You're important. You're important to God. Your life is important to God. Th- this, is, this is one of the things that, and our justice system does some of this, but not good. We, we've, our justice system so messed up and all these kind of things. But they, they will bring, like in sentencing and stuff, for, for a murderer, they'll bring family of, of the people that were murdered to the courtroom. I, I think that's a legitimate thing. Make them look right in their eyes. Now, most, most people don't care, but make them look in their eyes and say, you, you took my kid. What right did you have? God made that kid. We are important to God. You are important to God. You're not throwaway. This is, this is something also American culture, we, 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 we kind of miss this a little bit. There's a lot of, of um, countries and cultures around the world where people truly are throwaway. That that you're considered second class, or you're not important to the big picture, or the the, the masses of homeless in different uh, countries they're considered throwaway. They're not important. I that, that, man, that drives me crazy. Every every human is important. Every child is important. But there are a lot of cultures that just don't see it that way. And we're trying to get to that hard at America. It's, it's weird. Exodus chapter 1, verse 17. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. You know, this is when Moses was born all this, and, and, uh, and uh, Pharaoh says, we're going to kill all the babies up to, all male babies up to two years old. And a lot of the midwives says, no, we're not doing it. I, I believe we are quickly getting to a place in our country where abortion will be, it's going to continue to push and continue to push until it will begin to be mandated in different situations and circumstances. And it will be important for people to stand up and say, I'm not going to do it. Well, we'll put you in jail, then put me in jail. I'm not going to do it. And this is, I know this isn't, comfortable thinking for us in America, and, we, and, and there really is a continuous, you know, pie-in-the-sky mentality, a, a very optimistic view of, of the direction America's going. I don't have that view. We've been, we've been tracking down this path for a long time, and we're going quickly now, that this is going to get worse and worse. There's going to have to be people that will stand up and say, I'm not going to do this. Even some of the things, and this, is, this has been a big one, some of the things um, in this in the Trump presidency where he's taken power away from Planned Parenthood. He's taken funding away from Planned Parenthood. Those are big things. That gets overlooked in the media. But these are major big things that are happening for our country on a spiritual level. These are big things. Because why? At the end of the day, God is not okay with a people, a country, a culture that believes in murdering its babies. And we've got to fight. We've got to fight back politically and morally and and prayer-wise. We've got to fight back. Because why? Why? You're important to God. We are important to God. The second point, obviously, we're important to God. Matthew chapter ten, verse twenty-eight. Don't be afraid. For those who want to kill your body, they can't touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. That <clears throat> the the. The whole part of the the story above this is where he's talking about the the sparrow that falls from the nest, and God notices. God pays attention. this, this, This is almost too big for me to process. God knows every single bird, He knows every single sparrow. Those are like the waste of birds, they have no purpose except food for other animals. But God knows every single sparrow, and he knows when it falls out of the nest and hurts itself. And then God is saying, don't you think, don't you think as human beings, you are more important than a bird. We're missing this as a society. As a human being, you should say, yes, I'm more important than a bird. And God knows every single bird. He pays attention to every bird. So if I'm more important than a bird, then he's paying attention to me. He's watching me. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows what I'm feeling. If, if he knows when a bird falls from the nets, he, know, he knows when I stub my toe because he cares about me. He said, not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very has, hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to, the, to God than a whole flock of sparrows, a whole gaggle of geese, a whole fellowship of frogs. I don't I don't know if that, that's true, but you're more important. You're more important than than the endangered eagle. You're more important. You're more important than than some little uh, muskrat in love, <laughs> according to Captain Antonil. Some of you are like, what? I was a fan. I'm not proud of it. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You. You. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how important you think you are. It doesn't matter uh, what you look like, whether you like what you look like. It doesn't matter all that. You are more important to God than than the animals. You're more important than all the stuff. You. And this is why we give to missions. This is why. Third thing, God wants relationship with us. The whole point of Jesus is relationship. The the, the whole point of all of this is relationship. Psalms 36 verse 7. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Psalms 91 says that he covers us with his wings. That he, that he covers like the, the image that I have is he puts his wings around us, kind of pulls us up and close, like like a mother hen. My <clears throat> we were my uh, wife and daughter and I were talking about this. The the rainwaters have chickens, <clears throat> and uh, this is fascinating. My wife and my daughter for some reason, and um, m- my my sons. In laws live about 10 miles from where Emily goes to school in Texas, and she goes over there all the time. She stays for them, she has a house sits for them, and they have a bunch of chickens. And, and she gets out there and she's videoed this. She gets out there for like a couple hours at a time and walks around and talks to those chickens and hugs those chickens. And all this. I'm like, they give you eggs and they, they grill nicely. I don't know that you hug them, a, but she's like, Dad, they're my friends. They're my friends. Chickens. I, there's something about, she she, and she talks about this when they're taken care of, the, they'll, they'll kind of corral the little ones and all this kind of stuff, pull them in under their wings. There's, a, there's a, a visual that God wants us to have there, a connection, a warmth, that he wants to provide you, a, a, a help, a covering. A security that he wants to provide you Now you have to let him do it he's he's not gonna force that on you but he he will do that he says all humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings you feed them from the abundance of your own house letting them drink from the river of your delights that's a great sentence I don't I don't I don't even know what all the delights that the Lord is letting us drink from and mine may be different than yours but he says that's who he is for you, for me, for the people of the planet. That's who he is. I, 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 anytime I'm thinking of this, I think about when, when when um Dr. Matthews and I are walking down the streets of um Ramprahat in India, and and there's just little kids everywhere. And and <clears throat> The culture is different. They, they love their kids. That's not what I'm saying. Parents love their kids. But society there doesn't care about the kids as much. They're not as important. They, they, we'll get there later kind of thing. When you grow up, you'll be viable. You'll be important. There, there's something about every one of those kids, the Lord knows the hairs on their head. And he wants them to know him. That, that's why we planted the church there. This is this is Nurse hometown. He wants the kids that are growing up and around his family and relatives. He wants them to know Jesus. So we have our two pastors there. We want these kids to know Jesus. This is just one little place on the planet. We send missionaries all over the world. Psalms forty-eight verse nine. Oh God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. This is this is one of the reasons that we get together. This is one of the importances. Of gathering together as Christians, the body of Christ and church together. This is one of the reasons. is so that that we worship together. So you can look at the other people. So you can see God's other creations. God thinks you are beautiful. God also thinks they're beautiful. He loves to hear them worship. He loves to hear you worship. But the cool thing is, is he really likes it when we all get together and worship. He loves that. We're his kids together. This is getting more difficult for me as, as a father of three children is when you get your kids all together. And now my oldest is married and, and a granddaughter. Have you, have you guys seen a picture of my granddaughter? Do we have it? Okay. And uh, we just did this at Christmas. We all get together because it's difficult now. Because now Jonathan has a wife, and every other year, they're going to go to their house for Christmas. You know how it is. Parents have grown kids. You know. Well, now Isaac's engaged, and his fiance's parents live in Florida. So I had this conversation with Emily. She doesn't have to get married if she doesn't want to. She can always live with Lynn and I. I don't mind. And, and she, I said something like that to her the other day, and she's like, can we have chickens? I'm like, no. <laughs> we are not... You can't have chickens. (laughs) But this is the thing, is getting all your kids together, if you have grown kids, you know how difficult that gets. So here's the thing. Don't you think God loves it when we get together? Don't you think he enjoys it when we get together? And and you say, yeah, but I don't like it. Okay, well, my kids do the same thing. They're just as immature as we are. Well, they, they, did you see the way they looked at me? Oh, yeah. Even, even my, my, my grown kids, sometimes you just, you just want to slap them down. Just act like adults. Guess what? As a pastor, all right. <laughs> Let's get together. Let's worship in the temple. Let's serve God. Let's do this together because we need together. I'm doing a series right now on Wednesday nights that is about relationship, connection, why we need each other. There's So much scripture about that. Genesis three. This is where it always goes back to. This is this is um, what I believe to be the thesis statement for the Bible. I believe this is the reason the Bible was written. This is the sentence. You start here, and everything flows out of this. If you don't start at this point and understand that it all flows out of this, you're going to get messed up under trying to understand the Bible. You're going you're going to miss the point because we try to do. We have this thing called systematic theology, which says that that. Nah, it's it's just the way people study Bible. It's systematic, and everything agrees, and you going to understand. There's nothing wrong with that, except for the fact that if you don't have the heartbeat of God in here, if you don't have His plan or his mission or his heartbeat as the foundation for the systematic study, you miss things, and you get things wrong theologically. And this is why people get messed up studying the Bible, is they're not keeping God's heartbeat in the middle of it. What is his heartbeat? You and me. When we miss that, we miss everything. It's about you and me. It's about people. It's not about his law. It's not about the rules. It's not about us. It's about you and me. All the other thing was. all the other stuff was done for that. This is this is the thesis statement of the Bible. At that moment, their eyes were open and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness, their nakedness. <laughs> uh, I always said it like that when I was growing up in Texas. So Anybody ever heard that like that? Naked, nakedness. All right. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now here's the key. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. That's interesting because why did God come back to the garden? They had rejected him. They didn't want him. They didn't want his plan. They had chosen Satan's plan over him or his plan over his rules, over his design, over his garden. They had chosen something else. But here's the key. God still came back to the garden. That's missions. That's missions. It doesn't matter how, 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 how evil and hateful um, Islam can produce something. People in their hearts and their hearts and their anti-Christian, anti-God mentality. It doesn't matter. God still comes back to the garden. It doesn't matter how, how Buddhism can reject a, a divine God and put Buddha in the place and that it's just whatever Buddha wants and, and we're going to let him be in charge. It doesn't matter. God still comes back to the garden. And it doesn't matter how Christians, how much we can reject him and rebel and do our own thing and resist his plan and his will. He still comes back to the garden. That's, that's why we give to missions. Because he's still coming back to the garden and he loves that person and he wants them to know him. But, but God is not going to supersede this by stepping down in person. He does this through human beings. We're going to talk about this in the third week of this. He does this through you and I. The Lord God was walking about the garden. So they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees. Because God can't see through trees. You know how silly we are about stuff like that? God can't see through our roof of our house. God can't see through the roof of our car. God can't see what we're doing. He can't see. It's so silly how we act sometimes. But here's here's the thing. God still comes right back to where you are because he loves you. That's the key. He loves you. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? And that sentence is what I believe is a thesis statement of the Bible. God said to the people that had sinned and rejected him, where are you? He knew where they were. He knew where they were. I, I've been playing this game with my granddaughter on, on uh, Skype. Um, we actually use Facebook Messenger. And, and um, as, soon as, as soon as the phone opens up, and she sees me. She yells out, "Papa!" And then she starts covering her eyes, and covering her eyes. And and there's something about she really believes she, you can't see her when she does this. When she covers her eyes, you can't see her. It, it's. I, I used to. I used to do this when my when my kids were in little kids, and they were in the bathtub and stuff like that. They were naked. I wasn't. And I come walking through to get something on, and I always tell my kids, close your eyes. And they would close their eyes. They were the ones naked. I wasn't. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, don't look at us. Your eyes are closed. But they were just dumb kids. So <laughs> here's where God says to them. Where are you? And guys, this is the point for us. This is where we've got to get to. God is, is calling out from his heart, where are you? And he's doing this all across the planet. This is why in a couple weeks when we look at this, this is why he says that we have got to pray for, for the Lord to send people into the harvest field. You and I have got to pray this. Now, here's the key. You can't be really honest about praying that unless you're open to being the person he calls. How dare you pray, God, send, if you're not also praying, and if it's me, God, let me know. God, have people give, if it's me, God, let me know. Have people pray, if it's me, God, let me know. Because the answer is, yeah, it is you. We've got to pray, we've got to give, we've got to go. That's that's our point. Because why? He, God is looking for the people, and he's saying, where are you? He wants them, he wants them to know him so again our vision for missions for church of browngate is that every person give every person give you, you say well i i don't really have any extra money i'm tight ty- financially. i totally understand that i totally and i always tell this story because it was it's the one for me it, it defined it for me lynn and i were 21 ish she's older than me so she may have already been 22 but it was around that time frame and um we we, we weren't given to missions. We tithed. I was tithed. I tithed since I was like eight, and I, we were tithing. I was and we were we were youth pastors in a church, and and the pastor spoke a message about missions. And we're sitting there. And we had this we had this huge lab lab uh, black Labrador Retriever, um, big huge guy, about 85, 90 pounds. He was he was my baby, and and uh, and the pastor got up. I don't know if he was directing this directly at me, but it felt like it. But he said, "You know, some of you." Spend more on dog food than you do lost souls. Man, he cut me right to the middle of my heart. I never thought about that. That dog ate a lot. He was huge. And so when we got home, I told Linda, and she knows. She, she knew immediately. I said, you know, we do spend a lot of dog food. She says, I know, we need to start giving missions. So how much do we give? Well, I don't know. How much do we give? So I said, okay, let's pray about it. Let's talk about it. If we can't, we can't give more to our dog than we do missions. I, I know I'm messing with some of you right now. Some of you buy clothes for your dog. <laughs> let, let me let me go there. Do you buy clothes for little children around the planet? Because your dog has clothes. You're like you know before you were just. Okay, so this convicted me. This really convicted me. And so Lynn and I determined that we were going to start giving the same to missions as we paid for dog food. That was 1991. We've never stopped giving to missions since that day. About two years later, we raised what we gave to missions because our pastor spoke again, (laughs) and he said, Some of you spend more on cable than you do lost souls. Now we're talking big money in today's society, right? How how many of you you are giving $75 or $100 a month to souls? How how many of you are giving that to cable? I know I'm getting personal and messing your business, but God did that to me and I don't like to be alone. So this is what we're doing. (laughs) So we did not have extra money to do that at that time. We didn't. So here's what we did. We canceled our cable and started giving that to missions. We went quite a few years and we had no TV. Well, that same big dog, that same week, this was, God does stuff like this. That same week, that dog ran into our living room, hiked his leg and wet on my TV and blew it up. (laughs) It literally went poof, we saw it happen. So we didn't have a TV. We couldn't afford to go get another TV. We canceled our cable, and we started giving that to missions. (laughs) Guys, I I know I'm pushing a little bit here, but when when it gets to the end of this, and you're standing before God, I I really believe He is going to hold us accountable to whether we cared enough about the lost to do something about it. Pray, give, and go. All right, bow your heads with me. Lord, we we submit ourselves to you. God, we... We know that you've called us. I, I, I hope and believe everybody in this room knows this. You have called us to the lost. You've called us to care. So, Lord, I, I want to focus right there. Lord, you stir our hearts right now to see how beautiful people are. Lord, help us to care about people. Truly care about their souls, about their eternity, not not whether they're happy today, but about their eternity. Lord, help us to care about people, your children, your creation, people you designed to marry Jesus someday. Lord, that we are beautifully created in you; we're divinely created. You supernaturally breathe life and spirit into us. Lord, help us to care. I pray for every one of us in this room, soften our hearts toward the lost. Give us a burden for lost people. Give us compassion for lost people. And I pray that you you will stir our hearts, move our hearts to give, to financially give and to pray to, to pray for our missionaries, pray for lost people Lord help us t- to take responsibility for your gospel we thank you Lord I do pray for anybody in this room that is filling unloved beat down isolated, condemned, guilty, all the things that Satan tries to do to us. Jesus, just wash over us with your blood. Wash over us with your blood. Just lift that burden. Lift that that, that pressure that Satan tries to, to beat us down with. Because we are beautiful to you. Every person here is beautiful to you. You love them. You are proud of them. Lord, help us to see it, to sense it, to feel it, to know it in our spirit. But God, I also pray and help that to motivate us to care about others too. Their souls. I want to remind you, I mentioned this last week. I want to remind you, um, tomorrow night we're going to have time of prayer here at the church. We've got these scheduled throughout the year. Um, please join us. It'll be, I mean, you can come and go as you want. We're not going to have, it's not going to be like an all-night thing. It's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour max. If you need to come for 10 minutes, that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, but but show up and, and uh, let's pray together, okay? Let's just, let's just pray for our each other and let's pray for what God's trying to do. And, and, and biggest thing is let's pray the Holy Spirit will get inside of our minds and our hearts and do stuff. Just do stuff with us. All right? This is, this is part of where we're trying to go this year is really to see God be in charge of everything, everything across the board. So, um, next week I'm going to start talking about more of the financial side of missions. And then the third week, we we'll want to try to get you to make a commitment. We're not going to have you sign stuff. Usually I have you write stuff or, or make a, pledge or whatever that's not just just in your heart because if it's in your heart you'll do it if it's on a paper i don't know but but let's go there okay let's go there be thinking be praying god what do you want me to do financially mission wise if you're not giving it all here's where he wants you to start something now just ask him what it is all right so before noon tomorrow god's going to give you the opportunity Let somebody know Jesus loves them. Tell somebody how beautiful they are to him. You might be surprised at the response. God will honor that in your life. It's a guarantee. So shake somebody's hand. Hug them really tight. Tell them how much you love them. And uh, we will see you Wednesday night. Have a great rest of your afternoon.